It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. Happy Friday afternoon. The phone number is 547-1610 if you want to get involved. You can also reach us via email at 610-KONA.com, the Bottom Line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, where you can shoot us a message. Parlor at the Bottom Line 610. Facebook at the Bottom Line 610. And our free mobile app, which is also available on the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson with you we got a few things on the docket to hit today, Ed, um, but let's start considering the fact that we, we know that um, uh, the the main discussion over the course of the, well, since November 2nd is elections and lawsuits. Um, we had received some word yesterday that uh, a, a long-teased lawsuit coming from the Lauren Culp camp had finally been filed. Yes. Today, there is more information about that lawsuit as Lauren as uh, Lauren Culp's campaign manager, along with attorney Stephen Pigeon, put a video up on the uh, Lauren Culp candidate for governor uh, Facebook page that detailed uh, some things regarding the lawsuit. The lawsuit itself is filed against the Secretary of State, Kim Wyman. Yes. And that lawsuit is filed based on what they allege to be uh, significant evidence of voter irregularities. Yes. Um, they are asking for injunctive relief, and they do, they're demanding an audit of the paper ballots, vote counting machines, and voting results in King County, Clark County, Thurston, Pierce, Kitsap, and Skagit counties. So Up and down the Puget Sound, basically. Pretty much. Six counties in the Puget Sound area. They are asking for audits of the paper ballots and the vote counting machines and the voting results. Um, they are, that is the most populated region of the state. Um, they, in the allegations... They say that there was an oversight in making sure the voter rolls were attended to, that the Secretary of State's office did not do their diligence in making sure that the voter rolls were correct, that certain reports may not have been run or or should have been run either more frequently or more detailed or whatever, but Part of the allegation is that uh, they did not run the ID Act software against their own database, so people were getting duplicate ballots, that they didn't run a new change of address against postal records, and that that hasn't been done since the last gubernatorial election. There were 336 names, they allege, 336,000 names on their mailing list that were people who had moved, many of which were undeliverable. 171,000 had moved out of state. And, of course, the dead vote, which is always a popular topic. 
The 10,000 ballots were sent out to dead people, and 7,800 of them were apparently returned and voted. Now, the state's results were certified 10 days ago. The governor signed off on them. Secretary of State has not responded publicly to the lawsuit yet. But that is that is the, the meat of the lawsuit that the Culp campaign has filed against the Secretary of State in regards to the election results. In in a nutshell, the lawsuit claims that Kim Kim Wyman ran a sloppy election. In essence, let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Uh, yes, this is Carlos Morgan. Hi, Carlos. What's going on? Uh, nothing. But um, this this I don't have a clown in the fight. I didn't vote for either clowns. Um, but it's Trump-driven, right? I mean, you can't ignore it that it's Trump-driven. Stupid. Shouldn't happen. Dumb. Costing money, taxpayers' money. Get over with it. It's over. Thanks for the call, Carlos. Appreciate it. And there there are some similarities in what they are looking at and targeting that the Trump administration has looked at and targeted in some states. Um so you know, there are a few things that have similarities in the lawsuits as far as points that they believe are open to be challenged. Well, let's be real. Lauren Culp ran a campaign similar to the way that President Trump has gone about his business since 2016. Um, certainly not seeing the same success as the president over the last few years, but this lawsuit does does parallel a few different aspects that that the Trump uh, challenge has laid out. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Dan in Pasco. Hi, Dan. Uh, hey, so even if so, let's say the suit's uh, even uh, it, it's heard and it, and they're found fa- it's founded. What would that even mean? Would it just be, would that immediately decertify the election and have to be redone? Well, tech, appreciate the call. Technically, it, what the Culp campaign is asking for is, you know, when they start talking about injunctive relief, that means it's kind of an all stop. Even though uh, Secretary Wyman has already certified the results of the election, um, Nothing else can move forward. That's, you know, if if a judge says, yes, we're going to take on this case, yes, I grant the injunctive relief, then it, then we hit the pause button on the state uh, election results moving any more forward than they already have. And then you start looking at the other things that the Culp lawsuit wants to achieve. And specifically, uh, again, if a judge says OK to this, then these things would move forward. It would be a paper audit of the election results in those, uh, what, six counties, um, an au- a full audit of the, vote, of the vote counting machines and the overall results in those six counties. So he's, he's going to focus on those six counties, and he wants a full stop and a deep dive into those, those six counties. Now... A judge, um, what what will happen on a legal sense is since this 
lawsuit was filed, the Secretary of State is allowed to respond legally. And given what she has said, um, she's going to refute those claims by the Culp campaign. And then it'll be up to the up to the judge whether this case proceeds or not. If it does, then he or she will rule on those things that the Culp campaign is asking for. Um, you know, it, the, I don't I don't know what the end goal is. I mean, certainly Lauren Culp wants to be the governor of the state of Washington, but is the end goal to throw out the results of those six counties? Certainly, if that's the case, <laughs> you know, that would change probably the election result, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, is that the ultimate goal or is it to simply shine a light on potential corruption? Maybe corruption isn't the right word uh, because it sure looks like this is not... This is not uh, claims that Secretary Wyman did anything nefarious, like, you know, we're we're seeing evidence of in other parts of the country where there's deliberate actions to to change uh, the trajectory of an election in, in various states, because these allegations, again, boil down to. They believe that Kim Wyman didn't run a clean election, didn't, uh, you know, didn't put all the protocols in place beforehand, you know, to ensure that the election was on the up and up. There's no allegations of, you know, of voting machines that changed ballots, uh, you know, for one candidate to another, like there are in other states. Uh, there's no allegations of uh, boxes and boxes of ballots coming in at the middle of the night being counted uh, like there are in other states. There's no allegations that uh, members of, of the, the two campaigns weren't allowed to uh, observe vote counts like there are in other states. Uh, so, again, I, I'm not sure what their end game is. Um, they'd probably like to have those all the votes thrown out of those six counties, but that's there. There's doesn't look like a whole lot of nefarious activity alleged in the claim. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Back with more after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. The phone number is 547 If you would like to get involved in the program, you can also hit us up via email, 610kona.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. That's what Chris in Richland has used. And he says, do we honestly think our corrupt judges in Washington State are going to fairly address Culp's claim? If 7,800 dead votes were returned and counted and over 100% voter turnout in several counties happened, that is a botched election, and the process needs an overhaul. If the results were different, you know the left would be suing six ways from Sunday. Thanks for the information, or thanks for the email, Chris. Appreciate it. One thing that we do want to clarify, 
100% voter turnout did not happen in several counties. It was 100%, and, and, and it was over 100% of registrations versus eligible voters. Yes. It wasn't over 100% voter turnout. That's that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. If And then that's happened in Philadelphia where you had 105% of the people vote. That's just, that's insane. I think it was, what was it, Garfield County had the highest, or Grant County, one of the two counties, it was Garfield. It was 119% of registered voters over eligible voters. So that that is different. That's not necessarily meaning that 119% of the county voted it's that 119% of the county registered based on what the eligible voter count was. So it's a little bit different. Um, but one of the things that was interesting about um, the Culp lawsuit, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, you've had a little bit of time to peruse it, is it asking to overturn or throw out the election results? I don't see any language like that. Uh, the, again, they're calling for a full stop. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned an, an audit of the paper um, ballots and, and everything. Um, clarified a little bit more. They're asking for a forensic audit. An audit. Now, that is a little bit deeper of a dive. That's more of an investigation, if you will, as opposed to you know, like checking it against, you know, deceased people or something like that, as opposed to just, uh, you know, having an audit to make sure the bubbles were all filled in correctly. You know what I'm saying? It, sure. This is this is the a forensic audit is more of a deep dive. And that's what they are asking uh, for. uh for based, those six counties. And then based on what happens with the results, we'll then determine what the next step is right. and what the requests they're, are. They're alleging that, you know, that there were enough problems with this election that they need to be examined. Now, the next logical step is that they hope that once those are all cleared up, it would change the outcome of the election. But they are not they are not asking the court to throw out the results. Now, if after the, it, it, depending on how this lawsuit goes, let's say for sake, sake of argument, let's just play the scenario out. In this lawsuit, they're asking a judge to have the Secretary of State's office do a deep dive into all these disputed counties, okay? If it comes back, say, I don't know, Half a million ballots are are messed up and, and have to be thrown out. The very next thing is the Culp campaign would then file another lawsuit to throw out the results of the election. Right. So they're not going to do that. Why, why waste your time with that if... You, if you don't have any, anything concrete to back it up with, i.e., a court case, which is what this is about. And here's the thing. I mean, it's it, to me, it is easier to show the 
issues with the dead voting. I mean, you're 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 saying seventy eight hundred ballots were returned from dead people. That that should be easy. That's a sla- that should be a slam dunk to show. Okay, if you're saying that you have proof seventy eight hundred ballots were returned that were dead people, that's an easy one to show. So you start at seventy eight hundred if you're if you're trying to do the count. Where it gets more difficult is when you get to the change of address. True. And the only reason why I say that is while you may have 355,000 on the change of address that were incorrect and 171,000 of those had moved out of state, there's nothing saying about the return amounts on those ballots. Right. Just that they've been sent out. Right. That's that's my point is that they're alleging – clerical errors within the secretary of state's office but but does that mean that there was fraudulent activity in the election exactly it can certainly it can uh but look these things are are a process they're 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 steps sure this is the first step now if even one of those 171,000 ballots sent out of state or received by somebody, you know, improperly and was returned. Well, that's one case of fraud. Yes. And that ballot would be thrown out. Exactly. So you've got, I mean, even if there's one, you've got one right there. But those are the harder ones to determine because, again, you're now talking about return amount. So 171,000 out to people that moved out of the state. If none of them were returned, it's a clerical error. It's not fraud. That's right. If none of the 355,000 change of addresses were returned, it's a clerical error. It's not fraud. Yes, it shines a bad light on the Secretary of State's office and the fact that this is something, I mean, if this hasn't been done in four years, this 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 is definitely an indictment on the Secretary of State's office. Yes. This, to me, and again, to me. Looking at it completely and totally just from the questioning of you're tasked to do a job. This is your job. This is part of your job. To me, when it comes to the voter rolls, this is a monthly thing. This is something that you do either on the 30th, 31st, or first, second of the next month. You're going through the voter rolls and making sure they are as accurate as they can possibly be. That's the biggest part of the job to make sure that the election is accurate is the voter rolls. So one of the outcomes also to consider is just what we've been talking about. A judge could come back, and this is again the King County Superior Court. A King County Superior Court judge could come back and say, yeah, Miss Wyman, you you didn't do what you were supposed to. However, the the proof that there was just a handful of votes that should be potentially thrown out, it doesn't change the outcome of the election. We will give the Secretary of State a slap on the wrist, do better next time, and send everybody on their way. Acknowledging that there was a problem, but having it end at that, that is also a very real possibility. 547 1610, the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA.
join the show, call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, yes, this is Carlos against Morgan. Hi, Carlos. Hey, um, you guys are pretty sharp, pretty smart. You guys know that elections aren't perfect, right? Oh, sure. Voting's not perfect. There's probably been fraud from day one of voting, right? I would think so. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm glad you agree. And most, if you look, people have been charged. There, there, there are people that have been in jail, people that have paid fines. Most people know that this is a federal crime and you have to pay the consequences. When you commit, the, the dead people that are voting, that somebody's voting for them, because dead people can't vote, right? <laughs> to my knowledge, yes. Okay, so somebody has to be filling out their ballot. Yes. That person should be being fined or going to jail or whatever, whatever the penalty is, right? Yes. And that's been from day one. You look, you look on the site. And people have gone to jail and paid fines from every state for voter fraud, correct? Yes. So if people commit fraud, they're being prosecuted. So what's difference from what's the difference between the Culp election or the Trump election? You tell me. Well, the I guess uh, it's it's a good question, Carlos. Appreciate the call it, because it, it to me it goes to the larger question of we have accepted some element of fraud, unfortunately, in our elections. Fraud shouldn't happen, uh, you know, just like crimes shouldn't be committed, but they do, but they are committed. And there is fraud in just about every election. Now, what to me, the difference between uh, what the Culp campaign is doing or trying to do versus what uh, is the focus of the federal election is is two different things. I believe that what the national effort is trying to uncover is widespread concerted efforts to change the outcome of the election, which I think most people would agree if that comes to pass and if that is proven, that is a pretty significant thing in this country, that there was a, a concerted effort to to change the outcome of a national presidential election. The Culp campaign, to me, they're certainly well within their rights to do this. And I don't think that we should just simply dismiss it as as being sour grapes or anything like that. Um, if if the, the Culp campaign has legitimate concerns and and more so proof that there was significant things wrong with the election in in these six counties not statewide mind you but in these six counties then those need to be looked at and those need to be corrected and if it can be proven that secretary of state kim wyman uh, has not done her best job of of maintaining the voter rolls and and uh, you know doing everything within her power to uh, not uh, run a a 
at the best possible election that she possibly can, then she needs to be held accountable for that. I'm not saying she needs to go to jail, uh, you know, her office fined. I don't know what the correct punishment is, but it shouldn't just be glossed over. And I think that's that's the danger that we run into is if we if we accept a small percentage of fraud in every election, then it isn't a very big jump to say, well, it was only half fraudulent and well, it was only two thirds fraudulent. It wasn't entirely fraudulent. You see that slippery slope that we go to. Now, personally, I I think that the the culp claim is not going to overturn the results of the election. Uh, my humble opinion. Uh, I I think that if it goes forward and a judge does agree with uh, with some of the claims, I think that you know, and, and they do a forensic audit again, a deep dive looking at individual ballots and and individual batches of ballots you know, from dead people or people that have birthdays that started with an 1800, you know, birth date, something like that. And they end up throwing those out, whomever they voted for. And maybe the Secretary of State's office gets fined or they get, I don't know, sanctioned, something like that, told by a judge, you got to clean up your act uh, and do better next time. That to me is more of a realistic outcome uh, that that might come about again. I'm not a lawyer. I don't claim to be, but that seems reasonable if it goes forward and if it is claimed. This is not going to overturn the election. So these, you know, they're not going to. If you're doing a forensic audit, you are not going to throw out the entire total of ballots in King, Pierce, Nahomish, all the other counties. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So I'm sorry, uh, backers of Lauren Culp, this lawsuit is not going to lead, in my humble opinion, to a change of who resides in the governor's mansion, even though I can't stand the guy who's currently there. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. You're talking about roughly one-eighth of the votes that were cast in the election. With with the number they th- threw out there, five hundred forty five thousand, roughly one eighth of what was cast. That's a lot of votes. It's a lot of votes. It is. Um, I think you're right in the aspect of finding enough votes to question the result. Um, if that is the goal that is probably not going to happen. I mean, 545, 46,000 votes out of just north of 4 million, that's a lot to try and say were, were not valid votes. If the goal is to shine a light on practices that should be tighter, that should be things that should be done more frequently, things that maybe even could trickle down to county auditor offices to help in that process, 
to bring to light that, yeah, we just kind of overlook a lot of these things, accept elections and accept what's being done without really knowing what's going on behind that curtain. Okay, I get it. Go for it. Absolutely. The more transparency we can have in the election process, I am game for. But unless something significantly, I mean, major league blow up happens, because, again, we go to 330-some thousand of these votes or these ballots, not votes, ballots, and, and make sure that language is clear. They're not contending 336,000 votes were change of addresses, 336,000 ballots. There's a difference between a ballot and a vote. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, this is Mary from Kennewick. What's on your you mind, Mary? On, well, you kind of hit on what I was thinking, but it would be nice to see how bad, you know, how we always say Seattle is really bad and they're doing, you know, they're, they're got all these illegal people voting, et cetera, et cetera. It would be kind of nice to see how bad it really is. And, you know, the other thing I wish they would do is run it through to make sure, you know, all we don't have any illegal alien voting, too, and that would be nice. But just to kind of clear it up and say, hey, you know, there's no problem, or hey, yeah, we found big problems in this area, that would be nice to hear. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Back to the phones. You're up on the show. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. This is Chris from Richland. Hi, Chris. You know, um, they can find evidence in Jesus Christ's left hands that the election was stolen. That's not going to be the battle. The battle is going to be finding a judge that has a big enough cojones to actually pull the trigger and flip this thing. If the Supreme Court is avoiding this thing like the plague or the coronavirus, then I don't see a lower court judge touching this at all at all thank you appreciate the call thank you so much 547-1610-509-547-1610 speaking of which breaking news Apparently, uh, the Associated Press is reporting, we're still trying to gather some more information, but the Associated Press is reporting that the U.S. Supreme Court has rejected a lawsuit uh, backed uh, by uh, Donald Trump to overturn the election results uh, by the state of Texas. Uh, This was the state of Texas lawsuit that uh, other ones... um, had joined in on and and had backed. Uh, we're still getting some more um, information a- about this, uh, keeping in mind that the Electoral College is, sl- is set to meet on Monday to formally elect uh, Joe Biden as the next president. So um, we are going to uh, dig into this a little bit more. Let's take a time out. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us, too, by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comments.
Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater and Kennewick. Back their products with a 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. Nobody else that I'm aware of does that with their CBD products. They're 100% all-natural and 100% guaranteed for 30 days. The tinctures, the topicals, the water solubles, the edibles. Check it out for yourself. CBD American Shaman 30-day money-day money-back guarantee with every product purchased. And tomorrow morning at 9.30, tune in for the CBD American Shaman Show right here on News Radio 610 KONA. Before we go to the phones, really quick, uh, bef- last segment, we we teased it a little bit. Uh, breaking news, we got a little bit more information. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court on a 7-2 to two decision, uh, the two uh, being Justice Thomas and Justice Alito, Uh, has denied a request by uh, the state of Texas to challenge the election results. Um, Basically, the court, including, by the way, the three justices appointed by Trump, all said that Texas did not have any standing or any cognizable interest in how other states conduct their own elections. Okay, so it's it's a it's a significant ruling. That was always something that I wasn't really sure about, Rob. It's like I I get why Texas and other red states would be upset by how things went in blue states, especially if they believe that there was fraud in those states. But you sue because you don't like something that went on in another state. We keep we keep hearing that states have some autonomy. Right. You know, on various things. So anyway, the the justices agreed. But folks, if you think this is the end of it, you're sadly mistaken. I'm not going to believe anything until I see whomever takes the oath on in January. <laughs> Who's going to be the next president? Let's go to the phones real quick. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Daniel Kennewick. Hi Daniel. Hi, gentlemen he um that's disconcerting news but i had another uh, topic uh, question it relates to listening to um lars larson show today and about jenny gherkin or the durkin but the, the the mayor of seattle in her um recall um uh, petition I guess that was dropped by the court. You might be able to clarify that. But she's asking this. I heard today in Larson for 250000 approximately for legal fees. Now, my question is, it goes back to Wednesday on the Yakima Fitness Center um, winning and uh, preventing the nearly $40,000 fines. Do they, when they won against the, uh, was it L&I or so on, do they get or recover um, uh, attorney fee? That's my question. Thank you. It, it all depends. The, yeah. uh, there's no, there, there's nothing that's a standard 
No. That the losing party pays attorney fees. Usually that's something that has to be put into a suit. Yeah. Is that the Or in the damages or, in the, or right, something in like damages that, mm-hmm. that, that the, the losing party would have to pay uh the attorney fees and I do not know if that was in the 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 suit filed by um Bradshaw Development against L and I. The difference is in a recall effort, the person, the elected official who is uh, who people are trying to get recalled does have the ability to ask whatever jurisdiction he or she is in and presides over, in this case, the city of Seattle, to pay for the costs of fighting that um, just like a little closer to home. Sheriff Jerry Hatcher has the right to ask for Benton County to pay his legal fees as he fights a recall effort. Um, It's not a given. And like we said, the damages are usually played out after after a a suit is is done. Let's go back to the phones real quick. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas, Mike. Friday. Oh, good deal. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. What's on your mind? Well, a couple things. Um, I think since day one when Trump became president, that this whole outcome has You're breaking up on us, Mike. Okay. Give us a call back. Okay. Yeah, give us a call back. Uh, we want to get we want to hear what you have to say, but we're we're running short on time and uh, we you were breaking up pretty bad. Um Again, this is this is a a a blow certainly. Uh, and look, I'm not taking sides here. I'm 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 looking back on this. I was always wondering how the state of Texas was going to position it that something that happens in Georgia or Pennsylvania directly affects the state of Texas. And yes, it's a national election, but does Texas have the right to say the way? They run elections in Pennsylvania is right or wrong. Do they have standing? And that's what the that's what the high court said, uh, seven to two, that they did not have standing. But that does not in any way, shape or form. See, I'm stealing your phrase uh, that this is not the end at all. There's still lawsuits at, you know, in each of those states individually. There's also there's also uh, lawsuits uh, put forth by uh, Rudy Giuliani's team and as well as, um, you know, a number of other uh, uh, groups that have yet to play out. So this is this is not over. It's it's a significant ruling, but it's not over. One of the things that conservatives have always been angry with activist liberal judges about are making rulings on how things should be or how they think the law should read instead of how the law actually does read. Yes. Most conservative judges tend to look at things and the law as the way it is. And if you want to change that law, you need to change it through the processes that are available. It appears that this ruling today was based on the way the law is and not the way people think the law should be. And now I'm preparing to see the tweet storm from the president uh, 
wondering if he has buyer's remorse on Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Coney Barrett. I guess we'll find out. 